Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Memorial Day episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Before we start, I wanted to take time to thank all the veterans who gave the ultimate sacrifice as they defended our country. And David, we are on the premises of AEW Double or Nothing, and about 12 hours ago, it got more interesting because something has happened. Well, yeah, it has. I'm sure we're about to discuss it. Um, it's all playing into his character and what you, depending on what you read, it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens, particularly tonight. Exactly, David. So, no time to waste. Let's go ahead and bring you guys up to date. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. I would say our top news story happened about 12 hours ago because MJF was scheduled to be a part of the <laughs> AEW Fan Fest. And if you hear the rumors and believe what's been said so far, he was literally playing slots during the time frame that he should have been at the uh, Fan Fest. And he wasn't picking up the phone for AEW, but he did pick the phone up for Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select. Don't know what to make of this. Um, Moats is producing. Moats has come out within the last couple of hours that um, they could be hot shotting the title onto Wardlow tonight. Um, I don't know how true that is. I don't know whether you've seen that story, Sean. David, I haven't seen that story, and I kind of feel like, man, that would be a big overshoot because you have two really good title contenders in the main event. If this happens that MJF doesn't show up for this match, I feel like they should just go out there with Warlord, let him have the 10-count victory, and just move on. Or do you think it's a work? See, when I first heard this, I was thinking, this is so MJF character, you know what I mean? And I gotta feel I wanna... this is the part of a work. I don't want to fight him, so we'll lay, we'll put some layers on the story of me not showing up for the fan fest. Everyone can look confused. We can leak some to the, uh, we can leak some stuff to the wrestling press. I've got to be honest. I don't think MJF will be that unprofessional because if he is moving to another company, if having that reputation wouldn't be good for him. So I'm going to say work, and I'm going to say I don't know whether they've announced what's opening tonight, but it wouldn't be surprised me that it's the opening match. You know, Tony Khan comes out. Any sort of possibility. Um, there is any sort of possibility for tonight, but I, at the moment, I don't believe that MJF in whatever would be that unprofessional. Okay, David, our next news story concerns Progress's Strong Style 16 tournament coming up next week 
June 3rd through the 5th, if I remember correctly, because John Morrison has been added to this card. And also, Charlie Dempsey of NC UK will be in this tournament. And Progress, if you're listening to this podcast, he should win the freaking tournament. Yeah, he won't, though, will he? Um, uh, and neither will John Morrison. But it's a nice bums on seats scenario. I noticed on... Um during the week, Progress are adding extra seats, trying squeezing more into the ball, the electric ballroom, which is, if they've sold out all three days back to back, that's a total of around two and two and a half thousand tickets in over the three days, which in that in that environment would be a good atmosphere, particularly with the people on show. You've got hopefully the conclusion of the Spike Trevay current noir. Um, storyline which I know me Sean and myself have discussed at length and it is worth watching I'm not going to put any spoilers in there unless Sean chooses to do so but it is well worth watching and it's the highlight it was a predictable finish to chapter 134 because we both said that they were you know it's got to carry on for a bit but I don't want it to be too long well David I don't want it to end I don't want to see okay spoilers alert here after the conclusion of 134 <laughs> Spider Bay challenges Carnival to a I quit loser leaves progress match and my first thought was okay this is kind of interesting my second thought was I don't want neither one of them to leave because they're about the two best things in progress yeah I mean this is wrestling mate I have no doubt that um neither of them are leaving full time I don't know whether Kara's going on to different things that wouldn't surprise me that maybe he's going to NXT UK that would be really great to see the Black Swan but, again, you're talking character, you're talking will they keep him the same. It's been the best thing I've seen in wrestling for ages, and I include stuff like MJF and Bunk in that. Spike Trevay, the, the vignettes that they've shot with him are absolutely wonderful. Um, and Spike Trevay is a brilliant heel. They, the, the way he manages to blur reality and stuff into is excellent. If you've not seen this, guys... Please take it on Sean and myself. It is well worth checking out. Um, whilst the 134 show had a lot of flaws and has probably been its most flawed chapter since it came back, but you could see why they've had to do some things with what's going on in the world. The Trevay Cara Noir storyline is wonderful. I just wish they'd get rid of that bloody ring announcer. He is absolutely useless. David, you know, Simon was good there for maybe a couple of episodes, but I'm like you now. I'm ready for Simon to go back to walk kosher and just enjoy his videos where I can fast forward like maybe a minute and a half into him. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's bad. I just think he's bad. He's getting caught up in the hype. He's, he, you can see his ego's increasing. He wants the chance, but he's not actually a good ring announcer. Um, it made me want for Jim Smallman, which is, that's how bad he is. I kind of want the guy they had before during the uh, pandemic era. I'm want him to get back on the mic to be the host in front of the crowd. I think he'd be a better choice than Simon. Yeah, I mean, they have Wavy, Day, uh, Wavy Roy Johnson, but obviously Roy Johnson's back to wrestling again now. Um, do it for a while. They also had Magic Mark on commentary, who's um, local to me and who's an excellent heel commentator. But they seem to be sticking with Simon. The crowd seemed to like him. God knows why. But then the, 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 the progress crowd are not renowned for great wrestling taste, to be fair. Okay, Ernest. 
news story comes from the WWE as Cable Stevenson is rumored to be wanting to go back to the University of Minnesota to complete in his last season of collegiate wrestling. Now, we haven't seen Stevenson on WWE TV since, I want to say, WrestleMania. Yeah, you could, probably, it's probably true. So, I just feel like maybe he's got his feet wet with the WWE and sees that they're not going to take him onto the main show as soon as he thought they were going to be. So, maybe he's using this as a ploy to get him onto the main roster or he really wants to go back to finish up his collegiate <sighs> career. I would say it's the latter, Sean, myself, if I had to get, if I had to put, um, put my money on it, I would say, he, and let's face it, um, I don't know whether it's coming up in the show tonight, because I never get spoilers, but look at what Will Ospreay has said about the WWE in the week. You know, they are wrestlers, but they're at playing at wrestlers while they're in the WWE, and he isn't, he is a wrestler, he's a wrestler's wrestler. Exactly, he's in the same vein of Kurt Angle, and I feel like, if they put the things together and showcase what he can do, he could be the next Kurt Angle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, how good would he be in New Japan? Oh, my word. I think New Japan would serve him well because they would treat him like the biggest Shogun ever. Yeah, but just for this, I'm thinking more, yeah, you're right. Let, he let me, he would let be me like St- Modern Day St. Hansen. Yeah, 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 you're right in that respect. But I'm just thinking from a point of view of style and um, ability, you know, to go with some of these young guns. Oh, could you imagine Will Ospreay versus him in New Japan Pro Wrestling? I guarantee you Will Ospreay could lead him to a very five-star match. I was thinking of Carter immediately, but yeah, Will Ospreay works for me too. Well, since we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling, our next news story has been one that's been developing over the last month, as Kota Ibushi has been having a issue with New Japan Pro Wrestling management. And this past week, the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling has come out and publicly apologized to Ibushi about this situation. And it feels like there are many defenses, and Ibushi is going to stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I hope he does. He's synonymous with it. I know he's eventually got a career just through sheer ability in the US at some point. Um, but he, he, he's a synonymous character. And I, I, I don't know whether can New Japan afford to lose him as well. Because you've got him, Okada, and Tanahashi as the big, big three Japanese wrestlers in the company at the moment. And that's with all due respect to all the others. Can they afford to lose him? Exactly, David. Now, the bat story to this is back in the fall... New Japan Pro Wrestling was wanting Ibushi to wrestle for the G1. His shoulder was already messed up as it was. He didn't feel his shoulder was back where it should be. But he went ahead and did the G1 tournament and he got injured there. And between then and now, he made one appearance for another company as a like a manager for another wrestler. And one of the executives in New Japan Pro Wrestling was upset about it. Said some things to Ibushi via text messages, which Ibushi shared on Twitter about two weeks ago. And while this is going on, Ibushi was dealing with some family matters, very personal family matters, so he was really not in the right frame of mind at the moment. So I feel like now, since New Japan Pro Wrestling has met with him one-on-one and they publicly apologized, I feel like everything's going to go a little bit more smoothly, and I think Ibushi will stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I was happy that the president publicly apologized. Well, you just summed it up there, mate. It's a, I think we call it a lemmy a lemmy snicket over here. A series of unfortunate events, you know, and and timing has not been good. But hopefully, they have, as you say, put it to bed. I don't want to see Ibushi leave New Japan. He's he is, as I say, for me, he's one of three Japanese wrestlers synonymous with the company, and 
I hope he stays there. Okay, so our final bit of news is a update to the Cthulhu story of Sasha Banks and Inomi as the WWE has frozen their contracts and have pulled all their merch from the WWE website, literally basically giving them zero income coming from the WWE as they're not even getting their downsides during this walkout. <laughs> they have um, bent them over and really spanked them. Yeah, the, the merch actually happened within about five or six days of that particular um, episode of uh, of uh, SmackDown. When the, was it SmackDown or Raw? No, it was a Raw, wasn't it? Where they refused to, basically refused to perform, which is a bit naughty on their behalf, but I also do respect them for it. They're not happy, but there's, you know, there's got to be a way of doing things. And this has backfired on them tremendously. So I hope they've got some savings put to one side because they ain't going to be wrestling for a while, nor are they going to be getting any money. I don't know what to say about it, mate, to be fair. I'm, I'm sure that some of it is a bit naughty on the WWE's behalf, but we'll wait and see. Again, we can only wait and see. It is unfor- it's now is, is an unfortunate scenario. Exactly, David. I feel like the WWE is putting their foot down and trying to use these two as a sample to the rest of the locker room just so that nobody down the road will do the same thing. Like, hey, I have six months left on this contract. I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm going to do this to show the WWE, and they're not going to do a thing about it. But the WWE's decided to go like, oh, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you don't know who's got the um, however many days non-compete if they do turn around and tell them to stick it up the bum which i think that is just one of the most appalling um contract things the the, the non-compete um clause is just utterly ridiculous um you know if you come to a mutual agreement that your contract's up and you're leaving but you can't you can't earn a living for 30 days or 60 days or whatever your 90 days um that's just appalling well do you remember when john motsley left the wwe because his contract was coming up and he made it known that he wasn't going to resign, but he stayed there and worked through his contract. And the WWE basically sent him off like with a pat on the back because they were trying to do everything to keep him. Yeah, I mean, also, Sean, it's if your face fits as well. You can see that with some characters. If you're a toe the liner, you know, obviously, if you, I don't know. With the W, the thing is, right, why I admire the two girls for doing it. It's because the script writers, uh, they're basically stand. They're not, I don't think, have got a beef with the company. They've got a beef with the script writers. And let's face it, we both know they don't know Jack from Apple Butter. They, and they don't. You know, they're, they're the script writers, you only have to look at what's going on. And so I, I do admire the girls to a degree. But obviously it's backfired on, on them a bit because the WWE have gone really right. You want to play those games, we can play harder. David, I agree with you because the fact that they wanted both of the ladies who are currently the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions to be in single matches. Okay, Sasha was going to face Ronda Rasley. Why would he want to defeat Sasha Banks with Ronda Rasley? Because Ronda Rasley is probably going to be there for maybe six more months and disappear again probably. And Naomi was going to face Bianca Belair. That was probably the more entertaining match. I can understand if that was going to be... Okay, hometown bias here, because I am from Knoxville, hometown bias. But the fact that you're going to have your two tag team champions get single matches where all they're doing is putting over the other talent, I can see the point where Naomi and Sasha are going like, guys, 
we're champions too. Why can't we have a opponent where we can defend our titles and we can be like, instead of just having two main women, we can have like four? They did not, but they didn't have to do that. They've got so much, such a big roster. They can find, you know, oh, it's ridiculous. It's just complete. I can't say it because you never let me. But you, you know what? I think the ladies and gentlemen will know what I'm trying to say. I, I feel sorry. There's, a, there's, there's part of me feels sorry for the girls. I'll be honest, um, because they, they tried to take on the man and. <laughs> it looks like they've got really screwed over it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this week's episode. We will keep you abreast of all situations. Stay tuned to Radio Free PW on Twitter because we'll be putting some posts there. Now, on to the Sunny Six questions because we're going to go into more in depth on some issues here. It's time for the Stunning Six Questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, Sean and David can make sense of it. Okay, David, I'm going to piggyback off of our main news story of the week. If you were MJF, would you have no-show the AEW Fan Fest? No, because you're a professional. He should turn up, um, even if he's in character. He should turn up, I still, which is why I think it's a work. I, I really, really do think it's a work. Okay, so I'm going to play this as if it's not a work, and this is my response, okay. if it's not a work. If I was MJF and I was not happy with my contract and I knew that this was a two-day weekend and I was essential for maybe an hour AEW fan fest, if I want to get some attention, I might have done it because I know I'm going to be here for the match. I'm going to put World over because basically I do feel like World's going to win this match against MJF. But if I don't show up to this event, maybe Tony Khan will call me. I would, if I saw Tony Khan's number on my phone, I would pick it up and be like, hey, Tony, this is the reason why I didn't show up to AEW FanFest. We need to sit down. I have an outperform my contract. We need to start negotiating a new contract. Now, if you listen to the stories from, from like, three or four weeks from Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross, it seems like AEW's been willing to start this negotiation, and MJF hasn't. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that last part. But, no, I mean, one thing I'm reasonably certain about is the talent knows what's included in their contract. And he would have known that he, he, he's attending the fan fest. Whether he wants to or not, whether he likes it or not, it's part of his contract, part of his deal. He will be getting paid for it or it will be included in his salary per se. So by him not turning up, he's breaking this contract with AW and he's finable. Now, whether Tony Khan has got the balls to do it and basically shove him out of the door one bit more... I I really don't know. But again, okay, what are his options at this point if he leaves AEW? And I've thought about this. He can only go to the WWE because he's one of AEW's major stars now. I think that's fair, isn't it? Exactly. I do believe he's probably the main star they have that is home ground. He's certainly the best. Be- yeah, yeah, yeah. The best heel. I mean, every a lot of a lot of the indie fans knew him prior to AEW through MLW and all. Or, you know, he's, even even CCW. But bear in mind, don't forget he was in CCW and he didn't do all the light tube malarkey and stuff. Now, um, his next place has to be the WWE. What do you think? Straight question: The WWE would do with this character? They destroy it. Okay, David, I feel like they would give him the Cody Rhodes treatment for the first four to five months. He would probably have a few matches with Seth Rollins, and eventually he would slide down to the mid-card. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And and calling it the Cody Rhodes treatment is is, is 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 brilliant. It's something that we could come back to in time and time again and say, oh yeah, he's he's got the Cody treatment. Yeah, I mean, Maxwell's got to be careful. He is one of AEW's biggest stars. He probably does deserve a contract rise, if, as is likely, Punk, Danielson, um, and probably a couple of others are on more money than him. You know, maybe he certainly deserves to be treated on equal footing. Um, but he's got to be careful he doesn't shoot. You know, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, is money worth it? Is money always worth it in this when you, you know, with character development? I don't know, Sean. I really don't. I agree with you, David, because I was thinking about this when all this was happening last night. I'm thinking like, you know, the WWE may be looking more appealing, but you're pretty well off in AEW, so how well off do you need to be? And the fact that probably you can do some more outside dates with AEW, I feel like if money was your main driving force, I feel like MJF is a smart guy, and he could probably parlay some of this into side projects and make extra cash yeah i mean i don't think tony's mean with them you know certainly much yeah i i mate, I, I don't know i genuinely think this is a work tonight i don't think they would have let this go and i think they would have known by now and if mjf wasn't appearing we'd have heard i mean bear in mind we are less than 12 hours away from showtime as we record i i, I just think it's a work and i think the contract negotiations are ongoing and i think mjf would be stupid if he went to the wwe Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording at 10.29 a.m. Eastern on this Sunday morning before AEW Double or Nothing. And I agree with you, David, the fact that we haven't heard anything from AEW this morning about this contract means that MJF is probably going to show up for this match against Warlow, and this has probably had been a work. Yeah, that's how I'm talking. Unless something develops in the next, um, bearing in mind for me being in the U.K., I... I'm off to the studio shortly after we finish recording this. Um, I, I do a radio show and then I come back, get set an alarm, get a couple of hours sleep and then wake up for... Well, certainly tonight I'll be waking up for the pre-show um, because um, Dan Hale... That Dan and Hook are going to um, destroy Tony Nation, the Smart Mark. David, I feel sorry for Smart Mark because I feel like he's the one who's going to take the butt kicking. He's going he's gonna to be cursed. No two ways about it. He's going to get very nice, very evil. Okay, David. Stunning question number two. Have you seen the recent update to the look of KLR because they're continuing to revamp KLR into Abifar, and this week they have added even more fire to her? Do you do this deliberately? Maybe, could be. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be polite. I don't, and I'm going to give it very, keep it very short. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my relationship now with NXT 2.0 is minimal, and with what they've done to my beloved Kaylee Ray, um, I think is abhorrent. I don't like it. I'm never going to like it, and I do not care for it. Hopefully, that answers your question, Sean. It does, and let me go ahead and say that they have really stripped down a lot of stuff that was klr and what we enjoy of kaylee right and this new character i'm just feeling like it's just too much it's like wwe decided like ooh, you know what klr is so indie we can't have her be indie anymore so we gotta strip everything down and develop this character now she's so over the top with a flaming baseball bat and stuff i'm like yeah she belongs in nc toy 2.0 now but i want her to be somewhere else anywhere else in the world right now i couldn't agree with that more that last statement okay standing question number three we are seven days away from hell in a cell and david 
we only ha know of four matches right now. Should the WWE decide to get rid of this June pay-per-view and just make it some super house show or maybe just maybe not have a pay-per-view every single month and just use Hell in a Cell as a key match once a year or something? That's not Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Yeah, that, that that argument has come back around again, hasn't it? The um, do we do do we have a one big show a month, or do we have a big house show or a Super Raw, or um, you know, this Hell in a Cell is probably going to be the most disappointing one ever. I feel I'm really not looking forward to it. I don't care for it. The um, particularly after I, I bet it's coming up because I know you like it. But particularly I, I watched. Um, I started watching Raw this week, and then the Riddle promo came on, and um, that sums the WWE up for me at the moment. I, I, I really, really, and then to confirm my opinion, I had to watch. Wrestling Observer Radio on YouTube. Fortunately, they agreed with me, thank God. But no, um, this is going to be poor. I think, I certainly think they should cut it to nine. Nine big shows, have the big four, and then another um, five around it. Because you got the Saudi shows. They're obviously coming to Cardiff later on here in the UK this year. And they're, they're building, obviously going to build for Drew. Drew versus Roman on that night. I don't know. Yeah, too much. Yeah, I, I think they have too much. Cut it back to nine, including the big four. I mean, AEW has already proved that you don't have to do a full 12-slate no. pay-per-view year performance. They do yeah. literally four major pay-per-views. Then they have yeah. special episodes of their main yeah. show during the year to fill out the rest of the card. So you literally don't have this issue going into a pay-per-view week, leaning up, going to your go-home show with only four matches on the freaking card. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And they've got time. Hey, here's something new. They've got time to build some of the feuds because whether you like the feuds or not, you have to give credit to AW. They build them. You know, Punk Page, they built. This MJF Wardlow thing has built from the last pay-per-view with the MJF and it's built out of the MJF Punk feud. You know, um, all right, there's a couple been a little bit rushed that were announced on Dynamite and Rampage this week. Random, The random Kyle O'Reilly, Darby Allen match. Okay, that just come out of nowhere, but that should be that should be interesting. It's, it's a match I've not seen before, so I'm not going to dismiss it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but normally, their major matches, they build, and they're all the better for it. David, I can't agree with you more. Let's move over to standing question number four for this week. As the WWE has kind of gotten themselves into an awkward situation as they're trying to move money in the bank from the Raiders football stadium over to the MGM Garden Arena. Now the catch is they had to refund all the people's money that bought tickets to the Raiders stadium and a new site can't hold a number of people that bought tickets from the Raiders stadium. Oh, wow. I did, right, okay, this story's escaped me. I've not seen this, so that's really, really interesting. So basically, let me get this right. Okay, there have been a number of pre-sales in the Raiders Stadium. They've had to why they've had to refund those tickets to resell again because the second stadium that they're going to is smaller and the, the original sale exceeds the stadium capacity, yeah? Exactly. Okay, so the backstory to this, David, is the night that they settled money in the bank at Raiders Football Stadium across the road, UFC was having a pay-per-view of their own. And the pre-sale oh, wow. so far has been really slow. They've only been able to sell about 19,000 tickets. 
to the Raiders football stadium. Now they were looking to try to get between twenty and thirty thousand people in the door. So now yeah. what they did yeah. was they yeah. literally sent an email out to everybody who bought tickets saying we're gonna refund you the money and we're gonna give you a special code so you could be one of the first people to try to get tickets to the new venue. The only problem yeah. is you have people who fly into these events who already get their plane tickets and stuff already plan and their hotel rooms already plan and they can't get refunds for that part wow um okay well that's a bit of a as we say over here in england a bit of a cock-up unbelievable what does the Raiders stadium hold you said they sold about 19 okay so normally in an american football setup it houses about sixty thousand fans now for this pay-per-view yeah. they had it designed to hold about between I want to say like 35,000, but they were hoping between 20 and 30. So they were going to have a paper the thing really, really heavily. So they decided yeah. not to paper it. So they decided, hey, we're going to refund everybody's money right. and change yeah. venues. So it's just mind-blowing. And it's kind of got me worried about SummerSlam because SummerSlam is coming up the end of July. And it's in Nashville, Tennessee at another football stadium. Yeah. Now, if this happens at Nashville, the arena that they can move to in Nashville, it may hold... 20,000 if they got it set up just right. So they could really right. have two pay-per-views in a row where they're going to have egg on their face. Well, surely, with what they've done in the past, it will make sense to have maybe an NXT takeover or NXT show in the 20,000 indoor arena and let the football stadium... I mean, it's SummerSlam, for Christ's sake. It's just a, allegedly the second biggest show of the year. Um, and you're going, aren't you? I believe. Actually, I'm probably not going to make the trip over to Nashville to see this show. With this for the simple fact that I don't want to take the time off and set everything up and everything changed around and I'm not able to move things around. Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. That's incompetence of the highest order. It just shows... And I mentioned this last week that they don't give a crap about their fans. A prime example of that was the ticket prices in Cardiff. Although they're selling reasonably well by all accounts. But, you know, there's some ridiculous money for what will Austin take, uh, essentially be a house show. David, with you guys in the UK, I feel like the WWE thought this is our first time over in England in the major kind of show in the last 30 years. They can set the bar a little bit higher. Because they felt like there was enough people there that were willing to pay the money. And this money in bank, I feel like they kind of overshot their load here because they're thinking, oh, we can fill the stadium because we did it last year, and now they can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 there's certainly some truth in that because the um, the excitement level since um, the Cardiff show has been announced has been off the charts, to be fair. Um, it's only old cynics like me who can see it for what it really is, which is a money-making exercise. I don't, I don't, I don't know, mate. Um, it, it, it's really, it's not good either way. Either one's not good because, and it does just show how, how little they can give a damn about their fans. David, very true. We're going to move over to sunny question number five because back on AEW Dynamite, the main event of the night was really, really good. It was Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe. That match was great. I enjoyed it. There was another match on that card that was a semi-main event, or they called it the semi-main event. It was Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. And by the end of the match, I felt sorry for Britt Baker because I've been the champion of Tony Storm, but oh my word, Britt Baker couldn't get her to a good match. Now, okay, yet again, what would you like me to say? How long have I been going on about Tony Storm? Not being very good. I know. 
you're damn, you, you're right about Joe and Carl O'Reilly. Slightly surprised at the um, who went over, and it does sort of give away the final um, for me. But I think that's a good thing because I think Adam Cole is, is going to use this and utilize this to pursue um, the title picture, which is is fine fine by me. And you, you're right, uh, Joe is having some some really good good matches at the moment, and um, I'm enjoying Joe. Um, I don't want him to go with that ex basketball player. I just want him to be used to work with talent, um, which you know he, he is doing. And as for Tony Storm, Britt Baker, I, I, you know, I can only repeat myself so many times. She's not that good. She's not all that. Well, David, my follow-up question to you is this. Between Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, <laughs> who do you want to win this? Because if you saw AEW Dynamite, Ruby Soho was getting booed out of the building because she beat Chris Satlander. Yeah, it was Rampage, mate. Sorry. Oh, um, Rampage. And you're right. She was. Yes, no, no, no. You're sorry. I wasn't being. A, I wasn't being a. Um, a you know what? Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now that was a slightly better match, but yeah, the crowd offer. I mean, you've, you're going to have to turn. It'll be interesting to see what they do tonight because they're going to have to maybe turn the heel face dynamic. Ruby, Ruby. I, I, one thing I'll say about Ruby, and I don't know how you felt about this. She handled it well because there was an interview segment after it, and she acknowledged that the crowds were booing her. She acknowledged, yeah, okay, you like. I think I think she used the phrase, "Okay, I get it, I get it. You like her, you like her, you know." And and she she handled it well because she didn't just ignore it and uh, plow on blinkedly with, "I am a face, I am a face, I am a face." But obviously, Brit comes out and the crowd go bonkers. She's, you know, are they going to switch it? Are they going to switch the heel face dynamic tonight? Very very interesting. But obviously, I firmly expect Brit Baker to win this because what have you got? With them winning the two Owen Hart things, Britt Baker, Adam Cole. Very well played, AEW. Very well played. Okay, so I was about to say they could do a double switch. Then I remember, oh, wait a minute. If Adam Cole wins and Britt Baker wins, you got to keep Britt Baker kind of a hill because Adam Cole's a hill. And that would be freaking entertaining because both of them would have the trophies and they could just come out and go like, we're the para couple of all para couples. Yeah, I mean, there's so much they could do with it, Sean. And so they'd be surely... I mean, I certainly think Adam Cole... I, I mean, I'd be absolutely... Um, I'll do the... Let's put it like this. Um, if I'll, The next show I do with you, if Adam Cole doesn't win, I'll do the next show naked. Um, because I'm that convinced that Adam Cole is going to win. There's there's just no way. Um, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, um, I, I think, is... Probably 70-30, but Brit, Brit, Brit surely. Now she hasn't got the title belt. And it gives her a way into Thunder Rosa as well. Exactly. Now the question is, will Jamie Haler play a part in the outcome of this match? Because she came down there at the end of the Tony Storm Brit Baker match, and she was a little bit out of position, but she was trying to help Brit, maybe? <laughs> or is it, are we going to spin off to this Jamie Haler Brit Baker feud? No, I don't think so yet. I don't think so. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I can see that. I think that was just—it was just a horrible match, mate. And you've got two incompetent female wrestlers and one good one. Poor old Brit couldn't carry one, let alone two. So I think I think I can see where you're going with that, and it's a fair point. But no, I think it was just purely—it wasn't very good. Well, I can see that you're marking down this date in your book as a day I finally admit my 
disappointment and Tony Storm. So let's move over to our next stunning question and our final stunning question of the week. What did you think of the Young Bucks cosplaying as the Hardys on AEW Rampage? Because I was highly entertained and the special guests they had in Gangrel that put the yeah. cherry on top of the as a Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I double took, to be honest. I genuinely double took, and I was like, yeah, that place is very good. And they got them off to a tee, doing their moves in the ring. They got them off to a tee. Fair play to the books. I'm not always their biggest fan, but um, this was excellent. And having Gangrel and being heelish, turning on Gangrel at the end, very, very good. Um, you know, nice little throwback to the brood. Although I have to say, um, Gangrel, and I don't know whether Nell- Nellio, if you're listening, have a word with Mr. Heath, will you? Um, and tell him to make sure he, when he's going to kick an opponent, to at least lay his boot on a guy. He needs a bit more coaching from you, Nellio. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I was too busy having such a good time in nostalgia. I loved it. I'll be honest, it was very, very good. You know, I was thinking, man, he had a easy payday. And I was, like, so happy for him. It was like, ooh, he gets to come out. Everybody's popping for nostalgia because everybody remembers Grand Gale from the Attitude Era of WWE. And they did it to a T. Now, Brandon Cutler being the leader of this group, we could have done without, but it kind of fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was just, he just missed that spot. And um, it was, it was like, oh, hello. I wouldn't have expected that of you, son. Um, so my immediate first thought as he missed, missed this, he misses this kick was to get in touch with Elio and say, Oi, <laughs> get into gear, have a chat with your Mr. Heath if you're gonna if you're gonna rent him out, like at least at least make him look good. But it was no, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like you like you said, I was hugely entertained. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is gonna wrap up our edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling as we're going to come back to you Tuesday with a post-AEW Double or Nothing post-show. David, until then, tell the good people, have a stunning start to the week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's um, it's half term over here. It's Queen's Jubilee. We, we've got extra bank holidays chucked in. Uh, we're all going to be um, right royalists. Um, so, yeah, have a great week um, if you're in the UK. If you're not in North America and I've, I've got to go to work like Sean, then um, I'm sorry. Well, David, surprise, surprise. I have taken a three-day weekend as I'm off next today through Tuesday. So I'm going to party like it's 1999 and I'm going to stay stunning. <laughs> This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues. <laughs>